With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I went to the doctors the other day and I said, doctor, I keep hearing strange noises from my underwear. And the doctor said, look, you just got to ignore that. It's just talking bollocks. <laughs> Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. So you both thought I'd forgotten my title again, but I hadn't. Just being dramatic. Well, you had, <laughs> you had forgotten your title because you didn't say it. You just said you're from ESPN. No, my title is ESPN. The N <laughs> is Nate and the S is Saunders. What's and the E and the P... E, e and the P. <laughs> Extremely proud. <laughs> <laughs> so that stands for extremely Saunders proud Nate. Yeah, you heard it here first, guys. Don't Google it because it will give you a different answer. It's nothing to do with Entertainment Sports Network. Well, that's some people have called it that before, you know. And there's debate. There's great debate going back years, centuries even. Uh, you know, ESPN in its 41st year now. So I think it's 41st or 31st. <laughs> we had a big anniversary last year. Uh, back in the 1500s, they were still debating what it actually stood for. <laughs> yeah, well, those, you know, people, people knew that those, were, those letters would mean something one day. They just didn't know what it would mean. So, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be part of the conversation. Does that mean when ESPN was launched, it was like the final coming? They were like, we knew this, was, this day was going to come. But Pretty much. They'd been waiting for hundreds of years. Yeah, and, and I was even born then, so they took a real <laughs> leap on the name, you know. And uh, the fact that my parents didn't actually call me Nate, they called me Nathaniel, is even bigger. You know? Why? You know, they were like, well, someone eventually will shorten it to Nate. We know this about him. So I'm just glad people listening have this education now. So when they, when they watch uh, Extremely Saunders Proud Network, <laughs> they know... <laughs> well, whatever it was, it was Extremely He's Proud. Yeah, but you just called it Extremely Saunders Proud Network <laughs> and not Extremely Saunders Proud Nate. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Whatever, you know, that's what I mean. There's a debate about, a debate about it. Extremely Saunders Proud Nate. Um, anyway. I need, to go, I need to go check. No, I was going to say, I need to go change the Wikipedia page, Nate. I'm, I'm literally doing that as we speak. So I'm trying to multitask very badly. Uh, I'm going to go and write one for Nate after this. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely beautiful. As in Nate Saunders' own Wikipedia page. Yeah, I think, I think it's about time. Let's be honest. Like it, it's 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 long overdue. That I'm not going to lie. Um, I've I've got a question. Is it Wikipedia like that, or is it not Wikipedia? Oh, did I say Wikipedia? And you, and you call it Wiki when it's just on its own. I call it but, Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, Wikipedia. And then Wiki. Oh, yeah, Bretta's wikiing, and I'm I call, just like, yeah. I call it Wikipedia. I like it. It's cute. There you go. Oh dear. So what have we learned it's so been, far? It's been a day. <laughs> yeah. I've learned a lot. I'm glad people listening to this like get educated so quickly, both in good jokes, then in what Bad ESPN jokes. stands for, and then Wikipedia. <laughs> we, but also, we are... the outcome of this is 
the people are going to get a Nate Saunders Wikipedia page. That's true. So, yeah. so really, these first few minutes of the podcast have been well worth it. Exactly. That's what people, when they look back on 2020, I think that will be the big takeaway. They'll say, like, all that other stuff happened. But we got the Wikipedia page. I can't wait till 2020 is over. Yeah, I know. Same. I like it. All right. All right. There's always one, right. isn't there? One out, of, one out of three. No, I do. Want, I want certain things to change, but I'm not sure 2021 is naturally going to be. Can you imagine if that's how it actually worked? And when, well, as the Americans do it, when the ball dropped for 2021 just a joke there for you're talking bollocks now um <laughs> that then it suddenly 2021 means it's a reset and everything's fine again that'll be awesome imagine the new year's party knowing that was coming it'd be mega that would be quite cool the worst thing would be if everyone woke up and it was january the first 2020 again you know like groundhog day and then we just oh. have to keep living a year over and over again but it would make it would make the pre-season articles a lot easier because we'd be like yeah i reckon uh, vettel's gonna go to aston martin and science is going to go to McLaren. You know, we could just basically predict the whole season. Well, you get your predictions right every year, don't you, Nate? Well, sometimes. I did predict, I did predict Gasly to finish on the podium at Monza. Really? Uh, and then Lawrence Ebenson was like, no, you should, go, you should go harder. You should say he's going to win. Toro also won there before. And I was like, I think that's a bit too far. So I was kind of, kind of right. But Ebenson completely nailed it. Wow. By, by kind of going back at me with, uh, with my prediction. But was this like five laps from the end of the race or when was this prediction made no this was the wednesday of the race so because oh, because wow. it had a good spa so i was and, and it's called not nate's bold predictions you know obviously a play on the fact that i'm an incredibly bold <laughs> courageous man um <laughs> and the fact that i don't have any hair just so anyone listening um <laughs> and yeah so usually it's kind of a prediction that we don't think is that realistic but you're willing to put your neck on the line and say might happen and so that was that was a good one I also like the way that that uh, name is a play on the title of ESPN. So very, very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we were going for, clearly. Cool. I mean, we, we, we've got done a rabbit warren, but that's fine. We can crawl back out. Um, Has anyone ever actually been down a, a rabbit warren? I've never heard it called. I've always just said rabbit hole. What's a warren? Yeah. I think warrens when there's just more than one hole, isn't it? So they're all linked together. Rabbit warren sounds like an actor, like a weird actor name. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, like someone, someone who was like, his name's like John Smith. And he finds out, oh, there's another actor called John Smith. So like, oh, what do you want to be called? He's like, I want to be called Rabbit Warren. <laughs> and they're like, okay, it's memorable. <laughs> what would your movie name be if you could pick your main, own movie name? I think I know mine. Go. Go for it. Well, I was, watching, <laughs> I was watching a video the other day of this guy just saying really ridiculous names. And he said Paunch Gigabyte was one, which I liked. <laughs> um... <laughs> which I like. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Uh, or Manifest Density. We should play on Manifest Destiny. I've always thought that was funny to me, no one else. So you can completely rename yourself as a movie star and you've gone for two puns. Yes. Or Ethan Threadmouse, which you, you guys know is a name I like because it's kind of my name backwards. <laughs> my name's that, backwards. We've Such definitely mentioned that before. Yeah. yeah. But what about you guys? You guys must have good ones. Absolutely no idea. I hadn't. I hadn't come up with one other no. than Larrington Bazooka. <laughs> who, who gave you that name? <laughs> oh, someone gave it to me during the last few races. <clears throat> was, it, was it Jason Swales? It was Jason Swales. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded very much like a Jason Swales, didn't it? And Will, and Will Buxton. It was a collab. <clears throat> and there were some other things. They gave me an OBE. I think it was Sir Larrington Bazooka the second. OBE, MBE, CBC. CBC, CBE. Did your predecessor ever get any of those titles? 
who was my oh, predecessor? Well, Sir Larrington Bazooka the first. Oh, I hadn't considered that. Oh, I don't know. I hadn't considered that there would be another Larrington Bazooka. Well, the second would um, suggest that there was a first. But also, is this the sort of work you guys are doing? In the <laughs> you have this access to the paddock. You are the F1 TV crew. This is the sort of work you're doing. It was tense. It got intense. I think our brains tend to fuzz. Mm, yeah, exactly. Sorry, there was cool. some good. There was some good content. I can't remember what it was, but there definitely was some good content at some good. point. Do, do we have any for this pod as well? We also debated uh... the best, the world's best crisp as well. <laughs> wow! I cannot believe F one is spending this money to send you out to these races. I know. I know. Do you want to know what the world's best crisp is? <clears throat> yes. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I was nodding. I forgot that this is an audio-only uh, experience for everyone. Uh, the a Walker's Sensation Sweet Chili. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mini no. cheddars for me. Also no, for American, so mini for cheddars. American, American are not audience listening, we're talking about we're talking about potato chips, <laughs> not crisps. Just so we keep it international. A mini cheddar, mate, is a biscuit, not a crisp. It's a baked huh? good, so it doesn't count. You bake a crisp. Yes, but it's, it's a biscuit, not a crisp. A crisp is a potato chip. A chub. Oh. <laughs> I'm a chub. No, a chub. A potato chub. Oh, okay. I'm beach days, brew. Anyway. I, think, I think this is um, going very strongly so far, I've got to say. Yes. Um, I like the fact that we've not done any F1 chat so far, which... Uh, and we have quite... worked out what the F1 TV crew on site do, and it's worked out the world's best crisp. Come That's up true. with the name Sir Larrington Bazooka the Second CBE OBE MBE ES to the P to the N, <laughs> um, and not a lot else. But admittedly, <clears throat> after nine races in eleven weeks, this is understandable um, breakdown mentally that Barreto's having. Mm. So I'm going to let yes. him off. Well, one, although one, yeah, go I've on. got to say, the places that you two were over the past three weeks are super jealous of going from Spa down to like, lovely places in Italy, Tuscany especially. So you guys must have some pretty cool stories or things that went on you know on those road trips between the races because like to start with i was like oh i'm happy to have three weeks at home you know you get into a bit of routine and i saw your instagram posts of you know lakes in italy and like nice cappuccinos by by beautiful scenery and i was like yeah i should i should be out there yeah i won't lie that was the italian leg was awesome like belgium was pretty busy and um tiring and cold and wet but uh still fun because spa's awesome but it was a year on from the hubo crash and stuff so it was a you know, bit of a mm. subdued atmosphere. But going down to Italy was really nice. And I think all the teams as well got a bit more freedom. I think just now all the protocols are in place, you know what you've got to do. People could plan a bit better. And um, I went to Bellagio on Lake Como on the Tuesday before Monza uh, and bumped into so many team members there uh, because they were, they were able to at that point. Like they're, they're no longer restricted to just being locked into a hotel 24-7, but they have they still have certain guidelines and things they have to follow. But yeah, that was quite... I think it was good for them. They needed to be able to you know escape a hotel room when you're on the road for that long. But it was just when you suddenly thought, oh, things are getting a little bit normal again. And Italy was quite good, actually. It's um, If we're fair, when it all kicked off in Europe and you looked at Italy and it was like really bad and you're like, oh damn it, Italy, but you, you try and find reasons or why that won't happen in the UK and it, that it's just Italy-specific. And we, I was over there and it was way better, the situation in Italy, than it was in the UK. And you're just reading about how bad it's getting at home and thinking, I might just stay here. Um, I even went to your, near your, well, not your birthplace, but your home 
homeland name. Vicenza. Vicenza, yeah. Uh, I stopped at motorway services nearby and bought some nice. pistachios. Uh, so there you go. Beautiful. Yeah, I've not been to Piacenza for a long time, but um, it's a nice part of the nice part of the country. I can tell you what they've got a great auto grill nearby, but it's a rip off. Eight euros for a bag of pistachios. What? That is what it's, that's what it's famous. That's what literally put it on the map. That auto grill. <laughs> so, um, Bretta, do you see any? Do you see any nice places? Good. In um, so I wasn't allowed out, <clears throat> really. Um, <laughs> So um, people I got sick of the chip chat and they were like, <laughs> keep this, keep this fool indoors. So I was, we were still required to stay in our hotels and stuff, but we still did a really cool road trip down from Monza to um, Mugello. Um, as you're driving down towards Bologna and uh, you get two options, you get to like take a scenic route or uh, like the autostrada and the scenic route um, involves a lot of parts of the route of the Mille, Mi- <clears throat> I can say this word, Mille Emilia. Yeah. Yeah, I know it, didn't I? Yeah, I know. The, funny, the funny thing with Mila Milia was I always read it. I never said it. So the first time I ever came to like say it in a setting of other journalists, I was like, I realized, I was like, shit, I've never said this word aloud ever. So I did exactly what you do. I was like, the, the Mila, and you know how it should sound. But in <laughs> your head, you've never like, you've never had to say it. So it was a funny Wikipedia. Yeah. So you're oh. right, Bretto. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's not the first time you've said Mila Milia, but. It isn't, but then I was very conscious that I was saying this to more than just you guys. So I wanted to get oh, it right. And you're I not anymore after the start <laughs> of this podcast. Then we'll go on to Google to what, chips, what chips they like best. Uh, yeah. Well, that's okay, because that was from and the origins of, of ESPN. <laughs> and they're all going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. Uh, if we get to the Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page quickly enough, then uh, it'll be all right. Um, that did so, look like a cool road trip, yeah. Oh, it was mega. So I could stay inside my car and be safe and abide by our COVID protocols, but like see the country. And it was a beautiful part of the world down there. Um, I had like a BMW 3 Series. So I had quite a nice car to do it in. And um, it, it was beautiful. Um, we took all day, basically. You could, there's lots of places you could stop as you go up into the hills. Really cool views looking down. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was awesome. Sounds great. Well, I do love that. It's one of the benefits of this job in non-COVID times, generally speaking, is that we can add road trips into our, into mm. our travel plans. So that's one thing I'm hoping for for next year is that things do get better enough that we can do this. Because I'd really like for Nebo Ring coming up, I'd love to drive just over there if we're allowed to do that. Because that's just a really easy road trip and it's cool to drive around there as well. Maybe take yeah. a, do a lap on the Nordschleife. I'd love to do that. Although if you've driven there, you're going to drive down your own car and then you're doing a lap of the Nordschleife in your own car. And if you do anything wrong, that's your car. True, but I think there's um, at the base of the Nordschleife there are loads of like car rental places, so you could just you could just rent a car there, <clears throat> and then obviously take the insurance or whatever, and then do a lap in that, and then not have to. The worry insurance about on those cars must be must be pretty impressive. Like, because imagine being at the airport picking a car up, and they're like, "What are you What are you doing with this car?" Oh, just a standard trip, you know, just the Nurburgring. <laughs> and they were like, "Uh, okay, what are you doing at the Nurburgring? Nothing, just covering a race, not doing anything with the car there." Wink, wink, Packing it in nice. a car park. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I got my first car insurance through um, when I was 18, there was one line on it that said, you're covered for everything apart from if you you can't take it on the Nordschleife. So it specifically said that in the wording of the car insurance document, which I thought was yeah. amazing. Of all the things in the world, that's the one thing that they put on. Could you imagine how many shunts there's been and yeah. how many claims there have been for them to have done that? Well, because I think it technically counts as a public road, doesn't it? Because you just pay like a toll to go onto mm. it when it's open. So I think actually it's not like a, it doesn't count as a track day. It counts as driving a public road. So uh, that's why 
essentially your insurance should cover it because you're on a public road, but they're like, nah, not that. But I've never done it. We, I did a road trip with mates um, that was not F1 related at all years ago now, um, over 10 years ago. And we went around Europe, really cool. Um, and we had awesome, great driving cars, a Citroen Saxo that was just under one litre, front wheel drive, brilliant performing car, obviously. Sweet. Uh, and a Fiat Panda, no Punto. Uh, which was very similar. So, although I think that was over one litre, so that had power. They're Bretto's train. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, were, they weren't exactly like thrills to drive, but we did talk about going to the Nordschleife and it would have been like the second day of the trip. We were like, probably not the best idea if we take these cars to there, full <laughs> of all our kit for three weeks and end up shunting somewhere. So, um, yeah, never did it. And that's the closest I've ever come to actually like doing a lap of it, even though I've covered a racer. So maybe yeah, if you be, go this year, right. you could always just go a day early and do it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It depends. It's all going to get big, isn't it? If Lewis Hamilton is record breaker that weekend, we're kind of going to need to ideally be there. But as it stands, we still don't get any access. So. Um, oh, actually, funny Magello story for anyone who needs this dating. But this is just after Magello, And I had to go and host um, the F2 and F3 press conferences as normal in between being in the media center which means the FIA escorted me there to go and do them and in Monza I got to go in the paddock and walk through the paddock I saw Beretta actually and waved at him in his bright shoes and I um, waved back you did but I wasn't allowed to stop and talk to anyone or anything like that no so um that all felt a little bit normal and cool and then got to Magello and we weren't even allowed to walk through certain doors in the media center building because security was so tight and because it's a Ferrari owned circuit and they'd never had F1 there before they didn't know who the FIA were um, did not respect that badge. If you had a Ferrari shirt on, you could go wherever you wanted. But with FIA, they were doing nothing. And we kept getting blocked off, like stopped from going anywhere, shouted at. Basically, just had to ignore security guards and keep walking and hope it paid off to get to host the press conferences on the first day until wow. they gave me a, a bright yellow sticker that said Magello on it. And apparently that makes everything okay. <laughs> and then I was allowed to go where I needed to go. But it was, um, yeah, it was properly like I, I angered so many local Italian security guards. It's untrue never seen anyone get so feisty but at least they were trying to keep everyone safe i guess you generally anger security guards anyway don't you Medis? not just security guards just people sounds like things have gone back to normal in the paddock people are shouting at Medis. people don't want them around great job yeah nailed it did you enjoy those few moments where you were allowed in the paddock Medis? it was amazing it generally was actually just, just walking to breathe down in that air so, that, yeah, that paddock so air just getting to see like motorhomes and trucks and people that would wave. Um, a few people did kind of like frown, like, what are you doing in here? Um, but most people were kind of excited to see it. I think not me, but people that aren't normally in there being back in there. So yeah, it was nice for a little bit, but never mind. Never mind. Nate, any road trip stories? Well, I was just thinking of this. I've not got anything where I've been to a track, but I remember one which involves Meadows. Unfortunately, Laz is another one where we, clearly just didn't invite you <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> we invited the other we invited the other lawrence but we we had a great trip um 2018 uh which well no was it 2017 but it was basically from mexico we flew to san diego then we went to vegas and then down to the grand canyon and um that was just that was just great but there were so many just like open roads in the middle of the desert that you know we had these mustangs and we're just like absolutely like just letting rip with these cars it was great that's as close as i like imagine a lap of the nurburgring would be but at the Nürburgring, you've got much more chance of shunting because in these roads, you basically there's no walls anywhere. You just basically have endless desert runoff. <laughs> so if you do shunt it, you might end up in like a cactus or something, but you'd be <laughs> on the whole, you'd, you'd probably be all right. Um, 
but that's the thing I've missed this year because obviously this time of the year is when we'd be coming up to the North American leg. And that's always my favorite, just for, just for the amount of places you can kind of tick off and see. You can hop around, you can go to New York, you can go to, you know, all, like on the way down to Mexico, you can stop off in different places. So that's a shame that's, not to be doing that this year. Nate's also um, giving away the fact that he absolutely loves North American sport and he has set up a paddock NFL fantasy football league this year for the first time ever. I have, and the two of you are in it. And I believe Meadows and I won our first matches and Lawrence, while we're on the topic of the other Lawrence, you lost to him on week yes. one. You know, that's not, that's not dwell on it too much. But I am the commissioner of that league and I feel like I should be started to be referred to as that, you know, the commish. But, you know, we can get to that. We'll get to that eventually. Well, I'd like to, yeah, point out. So, um, Beretta, you, you lost a close one. one. You had 104 points. Yeah, my point score was pretty decent. I was happy with the point score. It's just he had a You scored one. more than Nate scored. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lawrence had one of those frustrating weeks where you score a load, but you still lose. I'll be honest. I didn't realise it was a head-to-head. -head. I thought it was a league. Well, it is. It's, so, yeah, it's a league. No, I, no, year, I know but, what you mean, but yeah. I thought it was like cumulative points yeah i get you that makes I get sense. You. so as you can see listeners i i know what i'm doing here um, yeah it's very <laughs> much learning on the job i think that's called it's when i look though. at this i look at your chances for the next round and you uh you have a 74 percent win chance against jamie price i did see that of, um, he's the only american in the actual league as well so he's the guy that should be doing this um so jamie price photo if you're listening because you do listen to this we know you do um your odds are not looking good get to work but um, yeah, it, that's that's called cool, fun. Yeah, um, we go and try and make the most of that when we go to America because Nate and I have been to a few football games as well, um, some baseball. I'm trying to think what else we've done recently. Hockey. We went last year actually. We went to New York before Mexico about a year ago, mm -hmm. and we went to um, went to watch the Jets against the Patriots. Yep, Jets against uh, the Patriots, and it was thirty-three zero to the Patriots. Yeah, um, which it was, was fantastic. It was, yeah, the place was empty after about 20 minutes. Um, and then we went and saw the Rangers, I think, as well, in Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, it's tough, this gig. But um, good, good couple of days. Speaking, the speaking best... of road trip stuff, where it comes down to kind of more like woes, because everyone loves a, a road trip woe, but I did once have a um, hire car to drive to Indian back from Chicago for the 500 qualifying 2000, I want to say 17 as well. And um, it might have been 18, either way. Uh, I got this new car. I can't remember what it was. I want to say it was like a Dodge Charger or something like that, but it was a new car, brand new. And I drove it down, all good. And I was just about to leave. And I actually I remember this. It was the day Nicky Hayden died um, because that was breaking just as I was leaving Indianapolis to drive back to the airport. So I stopped and did a bit of work. And then I had just under half a tank and I'd used the car to drive down there and run around in Indy. So I was like, well, I can get very close. Um, and then I'll fill it up and I won't need to fill it up again rather than filling it up now and then filling it up when I got nearer. So I um, hit the road up to Chicago, which is, I think Nate knows, I don't know if you've done this Triparetto, but it's pretty boring, like mm -hmm. one long straight road. And I was uh, driving along it and I was just trying to keep the fuel consumption decent and see how far I could get. And I got onto the toll road, basically, that goes around Chicago when you hit the bottom of the lake and the light hadn't come on yet. So when the fuel light finally came on, I was like, okay, I won't push it too far. And it gave you the range. And it said, I don't know, 70 miles or 80 miles to go. So I was like, okay, when it gets to like 50 miles, I'll stop. Um, and it came down slowly. So I want to say I covered about 40 miles and it dropped 20, something like that. So I was like, oh, this is all good. And then just as I went past an exit, um, I think all like a services that had petrol, 
um, or gas, as I should say, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the fuel gauge like reader dropped from uh, I think sixty to fifty miles of range left. But then as soon as it did it, it instantly went blank. I just saw it drop to fifty and then go three dashes, and there was nothing else. I was like, "Well, that's not good." So I figured I'd have quite a long way to go as well to get to a fuel thing. So I was—I just got straight onto the inside lane, like slowed right down to about fifty miles an hour, and tried to be as careful as I could. And I was rolling along, and I was like, "I've got plenty of fuel in here," but obviously this readout's just suddenly disappeared. I'll be careful. And I don't know if anyone's seen the Top Gear episode, but there's one where they're trying to do—I um, think to Basel and back or a certain like fuel economy run. Um, and we'll be really careful. And I always remember Richard Hammond going like, just sip, sip. Um, it's like part of the show. And I'm thinking the exact same thing. I'm in this car on my own, just thinking the exact same thing. Think it was quite funny. And then the next thing, suddenly it just, the engine cut out and it started to coast and that was it. Um, and I got like a, a warning bong and I had no fuel left. So I had to stick my hazards on and just roll as far as I could. Sadly, there was a hill coming. So I got to the bottom of this hill, parked up on the side of this road shouted across to a trucky like yard that was just off the motorway and they couldn't help me phoned up the recovery company they then said yeah we'll get someone sent out to you but then they called me back to say oh no you're on a toll road so you have to call this number because only they can recover you so they I, they then were aware of where i was and they were fairly quick doing it uh, and came and told me and just and i had a flight to catch so i was like you know we need to get moving and the guy got to me and he'd been pretty quick. And then he got in his cab and said, like, where's my phone? I can't find my phone. So he started looking around like the car, the back of the truck, um, trying to find his mobile. And I was helping him look for it. But I was like, this is a nightmare because if we can't find this, this guy losing his phone is now going to be the difference between making this, me making this flight or not. And then he gets into the cab and like radios back and uh, says he can't find his phone. Has anyone seen it? And then he suddenly stops the radio and goes, oh, I remember now I've left it on charge back in the back in the garage uh... <laughs> and told, told them where it was and they're like oh yeah it's here he's like great so we'd lost about 20 minutes here looking for this phone drive up the road to the next uh, gas station fill it up and he's like yeah we're gonna have to restart it and make sure it works because you've probably done some damage and you'll be lucky if it starts and i'm like no i'm pretty sure there's still fuel in there it's just a computer that went too low stopping uh, and it was exactly what it had done and so we filled it up and it started first time and he's like oh you're lucky i'm like i'm uh, no, I'm an idiot for pushing it this hard, but I'm also pretty sure that this car had enough fuel to get to this point if it let me. Uh, filled it up, paid him, bombed it, got to the airport. Everything worked really well until I got to bag drop and I was doing the automated machine and I saw it say like time to flight in the top corner and it caught my eye when it dropped from 59 minutes to 58 as I was, as I was panicking trying to get my, um, my bag tag. And it thought about it for a while and then went, um, no, go and see a customer like service person who said no because you're less than an hour before the flight we can't accept you on it with your bag um so we have to put you on a later flight and i missed a flight home from chicago to what was to heathrow where i had a flight down to monaco booked so then i had to rebook all of that um and ended up having to switch airports in london fly to marseille spend a night well four hours in a hotel there and hitch a lift at 5am with a photographer to the track it's a bit of an error medis yeah why didn't you just stop for fuel? This Very is a good question. Thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I've done with some of that logic at the time. But because... I'm just but Medis is very good at this. He'll be like, he'll be like, I can get here on the absolute, like, I'm going to get here on the, like, on the rim of the tire. But you know, that's that that would be the guy that Medis is. Like, I don't need a new tire. I'm just going to get there on the rim of the tire. <laughs> well, so what I thought was that if I got close enough to the airport, then when I filled up, I wouldn't need to stop again to fill up to return okay. the full tank uh, with the okay. car. And I probably was just about within range by the time that it got pretty close on low fuel. But 
like when it when it first came on with like the warning light, it was probably a bit early. If I'd have stopped and filled up then, I'd have needed to stop again further up just to add a couple of dollars. So I was trying to avoid that situation, which at the time seemed sensible. When okay. when the car stopped, less sensible. Okay. All right. But you've not done it again since, right? Run out of fuel, no. Yeah. Okay. No. That's good. But pushed it to the limit. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't run out. I, so I've done that one I've done that once, pushing it to the limit, not not running out. Because I think it was on the drive back to uh it was it was Monza, I think, last year or the year before. And you're going down that long motorway and you're like, oh, there'll be a gas, there'll be a petrol station down here. And so you go past, you get, come up to wine, you're like, oh, it's the same thing. You're like, I'm not sure if I'm in range or not. I'm pretty sure there's another one further down. As soon as you go past it, you're like, oh shit, there's not going to be another one for like a good 20 minutes here. And you keep looking at the gauge and the red light had come on. And um, by the time I came in, you know when you, know when you, you can feel, you're like, there is, no, there is nothing in this car. You know what I mean? Like I, I came in, I was like, I, I think this car is literally just cruising down the, down the road, basically, almost. So that was that was pretty scary, and it gets the it gets the heart rate going, and then you get to the flight, and you're like, oh, man, that's that's un- unnecessary level of stress. But didn't miss the flight, managed to get on get on the flight. But um, yeah, I usually was- I I usually leave myself way too long to get a flight, like three or four hours. You two are like the opposite. You two are the well, opposite. No, to be fair for this one, so yeah, normally I do risk it a little bit more. Um, flying back to here, I think got to the airport. Uh, flying back from Magello, got to the airport like less than two hours before the flight, but. The, the one when I actually ran out of fuel, I think I had an extra hour's window. I was thinking, well, I'll just get checked in. I'll do a bit more work when I'm there. I, I, I wasn't rushing. And then I took up that hour and a little bit more with, uh, with stopping. With all because that, that guy's cell phone. Oh, that, yeah, that, I mean, that was clearly the biggest issue. If, yeah. if he had known where his phone was, I'd have made that flight. And yeah. uh, none of it would have been my fault at all. Not <laughs> a single thing. Why did you not just ring his mobile? I think he did. Oh. I think he did. I think he used my phone because I think he used actually my phone to call his office. Okay. And I think it was on the radio actually. I think it was a, I think he used my phone. So it also cost me money. That's brilliant. That guy, that guy absolutely rinsed you in every way possible. Yeah. But the so, good news is it gave you a story for this podcast. So really it wasn't a complete waste of time. Oh no, it was, I mean, this is whenever I do something stupid, I am doing it for this podcast, whether <laughs> I knew it or not at the time. Um, but from now on, that's how I'm going to look at things that I can do whatever I want and be an absolute idiot. And it's just content. So <laughs> I can write off the expenses. And on that bombshell, I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, thanks very much, chaps. It's been a pleasure. Remember to hit subscribe to anyone who's listening. Um, you can get it on all your normal podcast places. Uh, Med has done a great job putting it everywhere. So hopefully you can find it and hopefully the links work on social media. Um, thanks to Chris. You can obviously read his work on racer.com. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com. Although ESPN doesn't stand for Nate Saunders. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was. I can, but I'm not going to say it because I'm going to forget it. No, extremely Saunders. Saunders. Proud. proud Nate. Nate.com. Forward slash F1. Don't forget that. Always remember that. I always forget the forward slash. One, so I'm sorry about that mate. Yeah. Um, you can read my stuff on f1.com too uh, chaps it's been a blast let's do it again sometime bye bye
Social Podcast Network.